0: Welcome to another episode of Taking You to the Top. In this podcast, Rami spends time speaking with founders and CEOs from across the globe and asks them specific questions to learn exactly how they built and launched their businesses. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn. Are you ready to take it to the top
1: Okay, Lindsay, thank you so much for joining me today. It's episode number 24 of Taking You to the Top.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
1: You're most welcome. If you could get us started by introducing yourself and taking us back from the beginning. So tell us where you're from, how your journey started, that led you to founding your company.
0: Yeah, so I was born in Akron, Ohio, and ended up moving to New York and finishing high school in the Hamptons. I went to Boston University, where I actually majored in communications with a concentration in PR, which is obviously still what I do now. So I really I really loved it. I took an internship one summer when I was home between my sophomore and junior year at a PR firm called Word Hampton Public Relations. And they're headquartered in East Hampton and ranked by Jack O'Dwyer's as one of the country's top 100 independent PR firms. And I just really loved it. And I kept going back and I kept going back. And when I graduated, they offered me a job. And so I started working there full time in 2007. And in 2008, I launched the company's social media division. In 2011, I made equity partner. In 2013, I was chosen to launch the company's New York City division and I moved to Manhattan. And I just really loved it. Um, I earned a lot of recognition as a strategic leader and really just a great track record for counseling clients including Fortune 500 companies such as Napco Security and really helped brands increase profits and manage reputation and gain market share. And I just loved it. And in 2016, I went out on my own and founded Concrete Blonde Consulting, and I'm doing, doing the same thing that I've always been doing, I guess, just pursuing my passion for building reputations and revenues.
1: I guess what happens now is I always have to ask this question. What, how did you make that switch? What was the deciding factor for, okay, I'm ready to start my own company. I'm good to go.
0: Yeah, I must admit, I don't know that it was, uh, it it sounds lovely the way you say it, it was a little (laughs) more messy in reality, it wasn't so clean and clean driven, I think I kind of more got pushed off the ledge, Um, my business partners decided that they really wanted to pull out of New York City, and Mm -hmm. I really loved it there and wanted to stay. And it just seemed like a good time for everybody to go their separate ways. And to be perfectly honest, I was terrified. Sure. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I don't know that I was ready. I don't know that I ever would have been ready. It had been a dream for a long time. But uh, it was really just more market circumstances and, and what I wanted to do. And so I just went for it.
1: Sure. So could you tell us a little bit more about the company, what you're trying to achieve, what your main goals are?
0: Yeah, so really what we really look at and kind of, I guess, the biggest difference between us and other PR firms is that we're really a business development marketing firm. So companies come to us and the first question we always ask them is, what's the goal? Not what are your marketing goals or what publications do you want to be in, but but what is your goal? What is your company really trying to do? What's your vision? Where are you trying to get to? And then we kind of work like a GPS and we program the GPS backwards and see how we can utilize marketing to help you achieve your overall goals. So we're really here to really help you increase your profit and grow your company. And that's, that's what I love. I love, I love business. So it's it's an interesting way to use marketing.
1: And, and how does the revenue model work? I mean, uh, are the, are are your customers paying by, service i mean
0: yeah so we're a PR h- how is it firm. Set up? So yeah we work on retainer so retainer,
1: there's a monthly
0: okay. fee um we do one-year contracts we take 50 percent of the full contract on signing and then the rest is just evenly split so oh. 11 equal payments
1: all right and is the company bootstrapped or did you raise capital
0: no nope, we were bootstrapped
1: so from the get-go you and your partners just decided we're opening this company, good to go. We don't need to raise capital. Yeah. We, uh,
0: we went looking for clients.
1: <laughs> okay, which is going to bring me to the next question. Um, when you decided to uh, commit to it full-time, did you already have your like clients ready before you got started? Or did you
0: leave no, your... I had, I had zero clients. So I left all of the clients that the other company had with the other company, um,
1: okay.
0: mostly because I was also, I was an equity partner. So I owned part of the other company. It would have, would have hurt sure. my own interest to take clients away. Um, Absolutely. So I really just started networking and looking for clients that way. First, I took a vacation, which I would highly <laughs> recommend to anyone.
1: Right. To clear your mind, think about things more yeah.
0: clearly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, so... When you did launch the company, how did you get your first customers was was it word of mouth or did you market it through a specific channel?
0: Yeah, so my first customer was actually a referral from somebody who I knew socially in Manhattan okay. um, and they had just they knew I had started the, the company and you know asked to come on board and sure. then My other customers were really all a byproduct of me going to networking events. So really just on the ground, shaking hands and meeting people and talking about what I do and listening to what they were doing, partnering with other people to create a referral network.
1: Sure. Um, So are you using any kind of marketing at the moment?
0: Uh, Well, I do PR for for my company, obviously. Um, I guess you could say appearing on your podcast is a form of marketing. Sure. And I have a website and an e-blast. And
1: social media.
0: I do. I do have social media pages. So I, I utilize all of those tools. And I still do a fair amount of networking as well.
1: Okay, so you think um, I'm seeing a sort of trend that networking is just the way to go because it, it helps sort of give the viral effect getting other I would
0: customers think about networking i would say that yes business is definitely about who you know but i do right. think that you need to be very calculated when you do it because it's very easy to burn out sure you only have so much time so you do need to kind of maximize your time
1: and sort of uh, in social media side which marketing channel or which channel would you say is your number one channel
0: Um, I don't know that I have a number one channel. I definitely see probably the most turnaround through Facebook and LinkedIn. But I think that it's important to be everywhere because different people get their news in different places. So it's really, it, it has to do with who your audience is more than the network itself.
1: Sure. All right. Uh, Lindsay, if you don't mind, we can, uh, move on to the famous five. Sure. All right. Number one, uh, what's your favorite business book?
0: Own It, The Power of Women at Work by Sally Krawcheck.
1: Sorry, can you repeat that one more time? Own It?
0: Own It. Uh, The the subtitle of that is The Power of Women at Work. It's all about women in the workplace and how they think differently and work differently. And I just found it incredibly inspiring.
1: Great. Got it. Um, Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying?
0: Uh, There are a couple. I'm definitely a big fan of Oprah and Mm -hmm. Shonda Rhimes. Those are definitely two of my big ones. I also love Martha Stewart. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you're already seeing a trend here. I'm I'm a big (laughs) fan of lady bosses.
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, Number three, what's your favorite online tool for growing your business? I
0: have to say my favorite is definitely my eblast. I think that that's, kind of the place where everything comes together where I notice all of my different marketing efforts really succinctly working for me.
1: Okay. Uh, number four, if you could give your 20 year old self a piece of advice, what would it be? Or what did you wish you knew when you were 20?
0: So I have to say my, the hardest thing for me in, in business and in, in personal relationships is always negotiating. So I would tell my 20-year-old self to have self-confidence, to value myself, and to know my deal breakers, that if you can do those three things, it will make negotiating much easier.
1: What was the last one? Sorry.
0: Know your deal breakers, kind of know where you're willing to compromise and where you're not willing to compromise. I find that when I'm not sure what I'm willing to compromise, sometimes I give too much in a deal and you end up resenting the people you're doing business with, and it's just not a a healthy way to do business. Sometimes you have to say no to something. Um, Even just this month, there was a client I really wanted to work with. I absolutely loved the client. They had Mm -hmm. budget. They didn't try to negotiate with me on budget, but they tried to negotiate with me on terms of service, and it got to a point where I was very uncomfortable and I felt like I was being taken advantage of. And I had to say, you know, thanks so much for coming to me. I wish we could have made this work, but we're just not aligned here. So I'm going to have to move on. And I think that sometimes the heart it's, it's hard, especially when, you know, it, effect, it affects your bottom line. When you're working for someone else, it's a little bit easier because you're taking home the same paycheck no matter what. But when it's really your bottom line, it's harder to say no and walk away from, especially the big deals. Uh, and sometimes you have to. And I think that preserving that piece of your mental health is so important.
1: I mean, I agree with that completely because it may seem like a good deal up front. But then you end up having so much trouble down the line trying to service that client. Hopefully.
0: Yeah. And I will say, I do you think it's the other interesting thing of working for yourself is it's very different negotiating deals when you're then going to be the person working on the account because of the relationship. So preserving the relationship during the negotiation becomes Mm -hmm. really
1: important. Sure. Um, And number five, how many hours of sleep do you get every night?
0: I strive very hard to guard my sleep, to go to sleep at the same time every night, wake up at the same time every day, even on the weekends, and get eight hours of sleep. I think it's really important to get eight hours of sleep.
1: I think you are the first person on this show that gets an eight hour sleep time. I have
0: to say, I do a lot of writing for Thrive Global, which is yes. Ariana Huffington's site. And it talks a lot yes. about mental well being and, and culture of the workplace and how that's affecting Americans. And I have to say, I don't just write for this site because I like writing for the site. I genuinely believe in the mission of the site. I genuinely believe that the healthier you are and the more sleep you get and getting enough sleep, you will function better as a person.
1: Absolutely. Well, Lindsay, thank you so much for joining me today. I hope to follow up with you in a year's time, maybe to see where your company's gone and grown to.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to catching up in a year.
1: My pleasure. Thank you so much, Lindsay. Thank you. Bye
0: bye. Thanks for watching today's episode. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on any of the available podcast platforms so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. If you have an extra minute, leaving a review would help us grow.